0: All right. Hey, folks, here we are. We are going to now get this thing on the road. This is the Nature's Extreme Ag Panel. We're talking about nutrient reallocation. And the reality is it's not reallocation, it's relocation. We're going to be talking to you about how you can take fertility and put it where it needs to be to get a bigger bang for your buck. That's what the subject is today. We have Tommy Roach. He is the nature's guy. We have Jason Webster with Precision Planting. He's going to be talking about putting that fertility exactly where you get your biggest bang for your buck. We have Extreme Ag founder Kelly Garrett along with Chad Henderson. All right, Tommy, we talk about nutrient reallocation, but it's really fertilizer relocation. Give me what that means because basically in the old days, we went out and flinged the dry fertilizer everywhere. And we were like, wait a minute there's got to be a better way and that's where this comes in. The idea is let's put the nutrients where they need to be. Correct. So how many how many still broadcast
1: fertilizer? Raise your hand. Yes, you do. How many of you use banded fertility whether it's dry or liquid? Those are the smart ones. You you're smart. So we talk we we don't for several reasons. Efficiency is fertilizer price up or down Uh, it's down from from, yes what about compared to two years ago three years ago it's up do we like throwing money out the window no why don't we put
2: we got a race car yeah we do
1: yeah (laughs) it's kind of like when i was growing up we had (laughs) steers we had show steers and that was throwing money out the
0: window (laughs) um there's no question there's no question about that by the way the only thing that makes horse people look smart are the people that are into show cattle (laughs) (laughs) all right so So, get to the point here tommy we're talking about putting fertilizer where it needs to be instead of putting it all over the field we want to put it where it is so nutrient reallocation really means relocation putting fertility where it needs to be and that is where the plant can utilize it most efficiently
1: We know that uh, the plants like food. They don't have teeth, which is why we have to put fertility in the furrow, and we have to put soluble, available fertility in the furrow. They don't have scraggly teeth. You have to put soluble fertility. That way
0: the plant can take it up. So let's go then with uh, somebody that I think is uh, pretty good about this. We're going to go to Kelly Garrett, who... Uh, and he's good at it because he has Mike Evans as his agronomist. And when you think about putting the nutrients where it needed to be, we talk about this all the time. You said for forever, we've gone out there and we've just put fertilizer on the field because it was cheap and easy to do so. Starting a few years ago, fertilizer got really expensive. That combined with environmental, potential regulatory environments down the road, we're going to have a little bit more of, uh, shall we say, scrutiny let's put it where it needs to be. When did you start changing your whole look on putting fertility where it needs to be?
3: 2017.
0: And the reason reason for 2017 was that's the first year fertilizer started getting crazy or you just decided there's got to be more money to be made because right now crop prices are down a little bit 2017.
3: In 2016, we started with drip irrigation, uh, opened up a whole new world meeting people, meeting different practices, different choices of application, things like that. And 17 is when we put first fertility on the planner.
0: When we talk about reallocation, did you cut back on fertility? Did you add fertility or did you keep fertility the same and just finally put it where it needed to be? I would say throughout the learning process, we have done all of those
3: things. But now we're at a point where we want to keep the budget where it's at and put on less dry or really no dry fertilizer. And we we very much just try to balance the soil. And when you balance the soil, uh, that's when the greater things become possible. And then using nature's products in the planter. We we keep pushing the nature's fertility later and later. Last year, we had a VT application of K-fuel that added nine or 10 bushel. And then we even, as crazy as it sounds, we had an R5 application, very, very late, that added 14 and a half bushel. And I keep pushing that fertility later and later when the, like in the corn, when it's filling, when the ear is filling, when the kernels are filling, that's when the plant is very hungry. We need to stimulate the plant to go into that balanced soil. That's the first step, balance the soil so it's available. Then make the plant hungry is what I would like to say through
0: an application of K-Fuel and the results are very nice. The best testament for fertility being placed in the right location is from Chad Henderson. If you don't listen to the Extreme Ag uh, Cutting the Curve podcast, I would encourage you to do so. We did an episode a few months back. Basically, Chad lives in an area that's got a lot of development pressure in North Alabama. He's farming a field that might very well become a housing development next year. He had a field five years that was going to be developed every year for five years. So, obviously, he did not go full tilt on putting dry fertilizer out there. He said, I'm going to put enough out there to get a crop because this is going to be built to houses next year. Turns out, after five years, he was still getting an amazing crop just by putting the fertility in the, next to the plant where it needed to be throughout the season using products like from nature. So, kind of walk us through that whole learning curve because you're like, okay, I'll get one crop. It turns out it was five crops and you didn't really lose a step.
2: Well, it's, it's kind of what we talk about putting it on a liquid diet. You know, we pick up some farms, we pick up some farms around that uh, maybe we have a couple of landlords that are in the housing business. Well, when they're in the housing business, they're buying farms, put houses on They're not buying them for me to farm. So, but they need to keep it in what we'd call, you know, the common practices or keep it in uh, ag to keep everything tax bracket wise where it needs to be. So that Chad, come in here and work this until we work it all. Well, then you can't put any. You can't put any dry fertility out, really. It's just kind of like, you know, it's a two- or three-year plan. So when we put it on a liquid diet like that, we learn and we've got got to where we've learned a lot about feeding the plant on the timings that it needs and according to your CECs
0: and stuff on how long it can stick around, you know. I was just handling a little uh, business right there. Okay, uh, your name is Jason Webster, and you are with Precision Planting. Isn't that in basically one of your biggest value propositions we're going to help you get the seed started off right just like kelly talked about by putting the nutrients where they need to be immediately at the time of planting kind of give us how that's evolved
4: yes sir well we have a reallocation program on the farm where we're going to i mean you got to look at your soil test recommendation how do you actually produce a recommendation from your farm we're going to soil test we're going to look at the total p and k we need based on buildup of the soil and then how much crop you want to grow so, I'm at a point where I don't need as much dry fertilizer as what I've needed in the past. I'm using it for more of build. But here's what we do if, if we would take our soil test recommendation and use nothing but dry fertilizer and blast it or sling it, broadcast it on our farms like we've done for years and years and years. Then we turn around, we plant. You've got starter fertilizer on your planter. How are you going to do this thing? This is where we get into the business of over application of nutrients and overspending of dollars. So our reallocation program is simply this. We're gonna drop our dry fertilizer by the cost of our starter fertilizer. Now, I should be trading nutrient for nutrient, pound by pound, but I'm doing it for dollars so farmers can understand this. So a lot of times my starter fertilizer program costs me about $30. I'll bring the nature's products in, it's gonna cost me 30 bucks an acre on the planter. All I'm doing is is reducing dry fertilizer in the fall by that 30, and then putting that $30 on the planter. So I look at it as a starter fertilizer program really being free, and then giving me that banded, that high concentrated efficiency, and so this is a win-win. That's how we set this thing up on the farm each and every year. No slinging, no broadcast of fertilizer. It's all banded, I'm strip till dry in the fall, and then we come in on the planter after the reallocation. All
0: right, so the the point is, you brought up the money, You didn't add $30 of cost. You just subtracted it from dry fertilizer. There's probably a mindset against doing that, right? Kelly's nodding his head. Most farmers are like, wait a minute, you want me to reduce my application of fall fertilizer? That's going to cost me. It's just a hard thing to get through mentally-wise, right?
3: Absolutely it is, but that's what
2: you need to do. Uh, your Your ROI will go up, and your budget will stay the same. Go ahead, Chad. So we did exactly the same thing Jason was talking about last year. And we come in, and let's say under strip till, you know, you sh- it's, you had to work basically off just the dollars, you know. So my strip till was about sixty-five to seventy-five bucks, is what it was costing me in my dry fertility. So me and Tommy cut that back. Well, you spent thirty-five bucks. 35 bucks. We spent 35. thirty-five bucks, and when we did, we gained. Was it? Did it average twelve, fifteen? Bush
1: that your, it was your job to remember that.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, I did not know how far. All right, so go the point away. is if you anyway, you didn't even spend $35 more to get 12 bushels, you spent the same amount of money and you grabbed 12 more bushels. Is that the, the moral of the story? And the I mean,
2: the moral of the story is it breaks every one of us. If we go to the field and we run the planter and it's about 100 bucks an acre time you get in for a two by two and you're thinking, "Man, this is just bad." But we'll go out there and spread as much dry fertilizer as it takes to make 500 bushels. Yeah. You know, so you kind of just got to get your mindset on we have a fertilizer budget, we have a planning budget, and just start, again, reallocating your money to move it around within your budget. And it's about, it's, and, and two, this is something that you can't just go out here and you're just going to start on your farm. It's back to what Jason was talking about. You kind of got to know where you're coming from and what you need and don't need, and then you can make a good plan. But it's definitely a, be a good trial for anybody to take on. It's, it's really eye-opening.
0: All right, so I like the idea that it's really fertilizer relocation. That's why we didn't call it allocation, because we're just really just saying, let's put it where it needs to be. We didn't spend any more money. We cut the dry fertilizer down, and we put it where it needs to be with the liquid fertilizer from Nature's. So we didn't spend any more money. We put it where it needs to be. Now somebody here is asking this question right now, Jason. They're saying, but I don't have this fancy planting equipment the way you're selling it, or I can't justify buying $100,000 of new planting equipment to, to do this adjustment. Your answer.
4: Can I show something on the screen to answer the question? Can I do that? Yes. Can we do this? Yep. Okay. Let me just show you what we got here. This data right here on this graph. If you, this is a perfect example of our reallocation program. The yellow bar on the graph right here is my status quo. This is putting dry fertilizer on in strip till. I'm still banding, but this is just dry fertilizer like we've done for years. We reallocate. We drop our dry fertilizer to pay for our liquid. Here's our Nature's App Plant program on the planter. And look. How we pick up nine and a half bushel of corn, but look at the ROI on it. I'm making fifty bucks an acre. That's one of the things we talk about on our research farm all the time. How is you as a grower, how can you make another fifty dollars an acre on your farm? This is how we're doing it, just relocating where we're putting this fertilizer. We're gonna drop our dry, put this on the planter, we're up almost 10 bushel and $50 an acre. Then we bring the foliars in, we're not done, we're gonna keep going, and look how we drive yield 13 and a half bushel higher and we're up to $66. So it's all about efficiency, and it's about profit per acre. Uh,
0: By the way, you notice we're armed with graphs and data? Because we all know. You start at one end of Commodity Classic and walk to the other end. Every booth promises you three more bushels per acre. You don't even have to. I, I didn't even plant anything. Hell, I don't even farm. I picked up 500 bushels an acre last year just by walking this Commodity Classic. All right. All joking aside, we're talking about relocation of fertility. Tommy a root can only get so far. If I've got really fertile soil on 30 inch rows, it's 15 inches from the middle of that row to where that uh, seed is. Is it doing me any good? No. All right. So
1: here's, here's the simple math. If you, if you take 30 inch rows, you figure that the root ball can, can access, your root ball is nine, nine to 12 inches. So if you take that number, divide by 30, We'll just say it's, it can reach 30 to 35% of the fertility that's out there. Where's the other sixty-five to seventy percent at? Plant can't get to it, which is why we talk about banded fertility with in just plain simple terms, banded fertility on the planter. Now it's gonna vary between nutrient. Whether you're talking about nitrogen, you're talking about phosphorus, you're talking about potassium. Nitrogen, we know, moves a little. It may, plant may be able to get, we'll just say 40 to 45% of the fertility that you slung out there. Okay? Potassium, that's probably in your 30 to 35% range because it moves a little bit. What does phosphorus do? Does phosphorus move a lot? No. It doesn't move hardly any. So you're down in the, we'll say, 20% range of what you put out there in a broadcast application. We're talking about efficiency.
0: All right. let's Let's go to during the season applications. Let's go to my friend Kelly right here. It's not just at time of planting with Jason Webster. It's also about spoon feeding to get those yields you talked about, Chad, you didn't put a bunch of fertilizer on early. How many times were you putting fertilizer to those plants on those fields that you were going to lose to development? How many times did you spoon feed?
2: Well, like I said, it's staying in front of the curve. You know, you know what the plant's going to do. or We know what the plant's going to do on your particular soils. And it's staying in front of that curve with what you're trying to accomplish. You know, whether it's P or K at whatever, at whatever point. It's staying in front of whether it's with a herbicide application, a wide Y-drop application, or a late wide drop maybe even a fungicide application. So there's three or four times we can affect it. That's where we try to bounce off of. And then
0: during the season, Kelly, uh, and this doesn't help out Jason here for precision planting, you put on nutrients using nature's products during the season over the top.
3: Yes, you know, we can't do a side dress or a wide y-drop in our hills, so we use a plane or a helicopter. And again, like in corn, we'll make a VT pass with the fungicide, K-fuel will be in there. Then we'll go back out at R4.5 or almost R5 with another K application. The nice thing about that is we only do that on our fields with top-end yield potential. The the planter-applied stuff is very important. We do that as well, but you're spending all that money. The R5 application, that's only the top-end. And we hope that we want to do it on every acre, but it doesn't always work out. Mother Nature might have different plans for us. I like to save that part of the budget, put that there. That is when the crop is filling the kernel, filling the seed, filling the pod. However you want to say it, the crop is very hungry. And it's not about the amount of fertility you're putting on. It's what you're putting on and when to trigger the plant to to become hungry and do a better job. And we see big yield
0: results from that. Tommy, you're the agronomy guy. Um, maybe it's time to ask the question. Fertility is down from where it was. Dry fertilizer is cheaper than what it was a few years ago. But do I need a dry fertilizer program at all? Maybe I should just do your product and just be dribbling it in the in the furrow, putting it in two by two, coming out there with wide drops, going over the top like Kelly does. Do I need dry fertilizer at all, or should I just use your stuff? So back at, here's a here's a bad story. So back in
1: the I think 60s or 70s when nature's was running around the countryside they they went to the program of all you need is the infero piece you don't need any anything else well that's really not the right answer because it's all about pieces of the puzzle and dry fertility is a piece of the puzzle Liquid fertility is a piece of the puzzle. Where you put is another piece. What you use, which we haven't even talked about that, because there's differences in... How many forms of nitrogen are there? How many? There's five. Good. How many forms of phosphorus are there? One, two, three... Three. The smart man there in the green. Yes, there's three forms of phosphorus. Rock phosphate, which is used to make all the phosphoric acid, and you have polyphosphate, orthophosphate. What's the difference between orthophosphate and polyphosphate? Green, green, green and white. So ortho is white, poly is green. You have to break apart polyunits for the plant to take it up. Plants can only take up orthophosphate. Thirdly, Potassium. How many forms of potassium are there? there? So there is a laundry list, a big laundry list of what you can use for potassium, right? You can have KCL. You can have sulfate, nitrate, thiosulfate. There's lots of different choices. And then there's potassium acetate. So if you were to walk around on the other side of the booth, I brought my lab setup, and I'm actually running
0: solubility tests over there. Potassium wait, wait, he ac- said it's a math setup. He's a chemistry guy. It's not a meth setup. It's a math yes. setup back there. Thanks. thanks well, your southern accent. I'm sorry, Tom. So
1: the potassium acetate over there in that flask, it's already dissolved. I can dissolve a whole lot more potassium acetate in a small amount of water than you can chloride and we can go over there and look at it after this is all done drinking a beer which is at two, at three thirty.
0: at three thirty, yes. the bar rolls in here and actually a lot of people are looking around sort of licking their chops going can we get that bar open a little bit early right i know what you're thinking all right let's go on now to uh our friend from precision planting okay uh, kelly went and said that uh you don't need to do this all the time of planting there's also uh wide drops you can do like chad does but talk about the importance of getting everything off to the right start. You showed us that, but how important is it? What if I say, I'm not going to put any of that stuff in at time of planting. I'm going to, though, do it during the season. Have I missed out?
4: Well, I think we've got to get the corn crop to V5 or V6 to set rounds. I think we've got to get through that, that timing, that foundation. If we miss out, if we short ourselves on fertility... Everybody know what I'm talking about? We're building the foundation to V5. When the good Lord made a corn plant at V5, V6, it initiates the first yield determination. And what is that? Rounds. Rounds. That's your girth. Congratulations. You have a 14, 16, 18, or heaven forbid a 20 round. If I don't have the fertility to get there, I'm going to suck back, and you can't correct it. Once you set girth at V5 or V6, you can't spray something else at say tassel time and make a 14 round and 18 round. It don't work that way. So we say, let's build the foundation, get through V5 or V6, and then we can handle a little stress, but we can tissue test, we can figure out where we're at, and apply accordingly.
0: All right. I'm, I'm going to go now to Chad again. The example you gave us about spoon feeding and keeping a, a crop for five years, what if that farm ground had not gone into development? Would you have been screwed if they said, you know what, you're going to farm it now for the next 10 years? Or how far off would we have been based on your fertility practices of just spoon-feeding a crop along every year thinking you're going to lose the field to development?
2: Well, see, that farm was a dry land field. A dry land field in Alabama will have, you know, 40 bushel, 40 to 50 bushel beans. We'll have 170 to 210 or 15 bushel corn. It's all about, you know, Jason talked about that. It's all about what we remove from it. So when we had a good base to start with, then removal, removal really comes into play in this situation and I'm, that was a great question talking about i just don't know that you can get i mean that first bump that we talked about the first wall we got to cross, whether it's 220 bushel 230 bushel i just it's really hard to climb over that wall unless you have the available nutrients at planting i mean i've been there and i fought it you know liquid and fertilizer it's going to slow you down you're not going to plant as fast i mean it's going to be a problem of some sort there's there's a lot of bad with it but there's It's very hard in my soil conditions that you can't cross that wall without starting that early and starting with that rose rail. Risk and reward. Risk and reward. I mean, some days you're going to look like a glazed
0: donut, but it'll be all right. All right. Your products, Tommy, obviously we're talking about putting it at time of need, and we're going to cover that tomorrow. Tomorrow's, uh, Tomorrow's subject is going to be targeting... Moments of influence, periods of influence, meaning when your plant needs it, getting it out there, and the importance of timing and also, uh, shall we say, place, timing and placement, timing and placement. With that said, while we're talking about today about reallocation, do soil samples matter as much? If we can use your product, as Chad did, and still get a great crop by just putting it on the plant when the plant needs it, exactly where it needs to be, how important are soil samples? Are they less important now given the technology that natures has no soil samples give you a baseline what is potentially out there
1: and available for the plant so that helps you uh plan for what you're going to do as far as further on into the season it, it, whether it be on the planner or uh, later on in foliar applications but you got to have a baseline to
0: start with Go ahead. Yes, please, Jason.
4: So I do think a soil test is important for us. I mean, I've got a research farm where it's still relatively new. It's five years old. We're trying to fix it. We're trying to repair it. And part of that is getting fertility levels to where they need to be. So we are going to soil test, try to do a better job of that, balance our soils. To move a soil test point, I still believe that we do need dry fertilizer to build the soil test point if you need to do that on your farm. But then I'm going to use the maintenance side of things for all of the nature's fertility side of it. So build up, dry, maintenance, liquid.
0: We're going to talk about money with Kelly Garrett, so I want you to give me some money examples. Let's face it, you came to Commodity Classic, you spent the money and the time to be here because you want to improve your operation. Farming's a lifestyle, it's also a business. Businesses make money. We're going to talk about the money. Before we do that, we're going to get my buddy Dan Blocker over here. Oh, he's got a couple of questions.
5: Okay, so let's take Kelly. You'd get a new field, and so you do get a soil sample. So... I think you guys kind of answered, though. You do need dry fertilizer to get you back up because cost per unit of the liquids is usually fairly high. So you do need dry fertilizer to get things fixed. Uh, You can't rely on, say, a liquid program to get you back up. We're talking about to to
0: to bring a depleted field back up to bring a depleted field back up. So let's say you pick up a 160-acre chunk of ground. It's been kind of mined. What's your program? Well,
3: I'm starting to develop a new opinion. And, you know, Chad's going to give me a hard time here. When Chad comes to my house, he tries to put dirt in his pocket and take it home, (laughs) okay? And so in Iowa, there's been this generational thing that a farmer has raped the field or depleted the field. I find that more often than not, the field's out of balance. So the drive for life, you're, you're suggesting I probably need a bunch of potash. Maybe, but I would tell you that there's a lot of potassium in that soil, and the soil's out of balance, and I would tell you to fix that soil, I probably need a lot of ammonium sulfate because we need the sulfur to be, balance the base saturation. So I don't like the word depleted anymore. I like the word out of balance because more often than not in my soils, which admittedly in Iowa we have, we're blessed with great soils, it's out of balance.
0: And by the way, I'm the one that said depleted. Dan did not say that. I'm the one that said that. Okay, well, anybody, I was trying to be indirect because I know, I know. you don't like to be challenged. I, I don't mind, actually. Does anybody else have a question? Obviously, we're here for you to be informational. Yes. Can our, I, our,
1: can yes, I go ahead, answer? Please. All right. So, remember, we're not, we're not going to change with liquid fertility. We're not going to change bulk soil characteristics. We're interested in, see these plants behind me? That's what we're interested in feeding, feed the plant, put nutrition where the plant can access it in an efficient manner.
5: Back on say like your yellow graph or you talked about, so again on dry fertilizer side of things, when you do get the field balanced, like what is your poundage of dry that you're, I guess you'd say maintaining along with the liquid program? What's kind of a, you got a general or do you use GPS?
3: I don't use dry fertility. I have a byproduct I get out of liquid feed industry, and I'm only putting on about 30 pounds of potassium.
0: Okay, yeah. That's, that's different from many. He has a plant food byproduct, that, and it's also a side business. But if you were doing, can you address that from an agronomic thing? You're talking about how much if you did use dry fertility?
3: If I did use dry fertility, I would be interested in potentially, like, say, 230 bushel corn removes about 64 pounds of potassium in the grain. So, I would talk about that. The product I put on is much more available than what I think potash is, and you know we've identified through different soil tests, we've identified what's in the corn stover, things like that. I'm trying to balance the soil, and make it healthier, so I'm way more interested in putting on this byproduct on AM dry fertilizer, and then balancing my soil, coming back with Tommy's products, and I think that's when special things happen from a yield standpoint.
2: And Go ahead, some, Chad. Something else we've got to remember is when you take off, when you start making big crops on farms, you start putting big big amounts back in. Um, you can see, like, when we started irrigating in 2012, and our ground is really high in red, you know, but our ground you can always see now It's 10 years, 13, year, 10 or 12 years. Then you can see the ground starting to change colors, if you will. And you can see it where we're putting big crops, big stover, you know we're doing a wheat bean corn rotation three crops two years it's a lot of material going back into the soil and so we got to comp- talk about that too and you know we we also need to soil test too for ph if we don't fix ph we can't fix any of this so we got to start you know understanding where we need on ph as well so that's that's a, a monkey in the room also but on our strip till we started out when i first got a strip till i was at you know let's say over 200 pounds 250 pounds and now i'm down to where i'm putting out like 100 115 you know, so we, just understanding, I don't know where Jason Then where would you say that y'all were at on the strip tail as far as poundage?
4: Well, on the strip tail, I mean, well, soil test, if we get buildup levels to where we want them, we're just straight going to go off of maintenance. So we would have zero build. And so that means no dry fertilizer. We'd only go liquid on the planter to drive it from there. That's how we'd set it up. Yeah, and we just use land-grant university numbers on what it takes to grow a bushel of corn or soybeans to calculate that.
0: Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Land-grant university numbers, if it's Auburn, Purdue, good. You're not taking Ohio State numbers, are you?
4: The Ohio State, yeah.
0: All right, (laughs) let's let's go over here and get uh, Jason. Jason has a question for us. Jason. If you're uh, new to Nature's and liquid fertilizer in
3: general, what one or two products would you like me to use? K-Fuel. Okay, Chad. It's one of the best products in the whole market. K-Fuel. And Tommy,
2: give us the – go ahead, Chad. Or if you're wanting the max in there, the, the, if you want the humic in there, it's the same thing with the humic. Or if you're needing a sulfur, it's K, was it Flex? K-Flex.
1: K-Flex. So it, it's de- going it to- depends what how you're going to apply it. If we're talking on the planter, then you would get steered toward the typical corn starter, which is high in p two hundred five lower in K2O, so I would steer you toward either Impulse, which is a 10 18, 4, which is what we use a lot of on uh, Precision Planting Farm, okay. or a uh, First Down, which has <laughs> higher amount of potassium acid in it, which is kind of the second generation from Impulse. So those two in furrow. Of course, if you get in season, we don't want you to do anything that is going to cause an extra pass across the field. We want, we want to be able to supply nutrition to tank mix into herbicide, to tank mix into fungicide, that it can just get a free ride across the field. It's kind of the logical thing to do it because if you're, if you're touting uh, something that's gonna cause extra pass, that may not be such a good thing. But if it can get a free ride across the field, say with finish line, in with the herbicide, um,
0: that's the way to go. All right. So the recommendation was K-Fuel, by the way, to our friend uh, John's question was, if you're going to use one product, K-Fuel, and you'd use it, Kelly, every which way to Sunday, drop it in a, drop it in a furrow, put it two by two, over the top, airplanes, yeah. just buy some, put yeah, it in your pantry. You
3: one product. Tom, I used to say potassium acetate. Tommy gets after me because he wants me to say. I have. But he's got so stinking many K products. I can't remember them all, so I just say K fuel.
0: By the way, many of you weren't here last year, and we joked. Tommy names the products that come out of Nature's. So a lot of them, because he's a huge Texas Tech football fan. So it's first down, uh, touchdown, offsides. Triple, triple option. Uh, losing season.
1: Uh, <laughs> And then just for Chad, because he's racing cars, finish
0: line. Yeah, perfect. And then if you're going to stick with the Texas Tech theme, they got a new product coming out next year. It's called Didn't Make a Bowl Game. (laughs) All right. Moving on, does anybody else have any questions at all while we're having fun with this? Okay, we got a question back here. I saw somebody's hand. Okay, hang on a second. Yes, sir. Mr. Joel.
1: So you were talking about not making an extra pass, but I know a lot of guys are already doing Y-drops or irrigation. Would you wreck any of these products, whether it be subsurface drip or through a pivot or a Y-drop? Are you seeing, you know, better through the drip versus this needs Y-drop, this needs pump through a pivot, better one way or another? It doesn't matter.
3: K-fuel is so available to the plant that, I have put it through my drip irrigation, and I can pick up a rise in my tissue levels in three days. All of, all of these products work great through my drip irrigation. And this Chad's is not because we're,
1: we're right across the aisle from Netafim. He runs K-Fuel through the drip all the time. We do it on uh, the PTI farm. On the, the Y-Drop topic, what's, the, uh, what's three things that improve nitrogen utilization? Three nutrients... Jason, three.
4: What's the question, say it again.
1: Three, three nutrients or three things that improve nitrogen utilization,
4: sulfur. Sulfur is, sulfur is a big one for us and it's so mobile. I usually say that, that's almost like a, the toilet bowl effect. We get flushed. you give, give me a little bit of rain and that sulfur is gone. We are a seven to one nitrogen to sulfur ratio on our farm. Sulfur is a big one. That's number one, number two. And Copper took, is a big one. Copper is a big one is, for us. It's uh,
1: potassium.
4: Potassium. Tommy gets on me a lot. That's why he asked this question yes, to I me. Did. Because I kind of forgot about pota- potassium. When we, when we acquired the PTI farm, our pounds per acre of potassium were about 250 pounds. And I'm having a hard time driving K-levels. And then you look at the price of potash being where it's at, and I'm really not real motivated about spreading a bunch of extra potash on the farm to build levels up. And I don't want the salt, I don't want the chloride. So one of the things we've done is is try to put a you know fix the hole in the boat, if you will, is K fuse, bringing K fuse in as a liquid potassium, so we can feed this thing. We're putting it through Conceal dual band um, dual band K fuse through Conceal at planting time, and that's that's. Fix the problem for us. I don't run into potassium deficiency as a result.
1: Third thing is humic acids. So to run through Y-Drop, we have a thing called uh, K-Flex or K-Flex Max. That's what you would add into your nitrate, your UAN. Now, with any chemistry thing, you can only stuff so much potassium into a nitrate because it will cause a train wreck. So, depending on if it's 28 or 32, if it's cold, hot, typically a 10, 10 to 1 ratio, 10 gallons of UA and a, a gallon of a K product. And dilution is the solution.
0: So, if you run into trouble, add equal amount of water. All right. So, anybody have a question while we're moving on here? We're getting really close to wrapping it up, and that bar is going to be rolling in here. What did we not cover about nutrient reallocation which really means relocation in the field in this topic, in this panel discussion what one thing that you want to tell them if they're thinking about this, we're pretty well covered dry was how we did things for a long time you got a lot of nutrients where they're not necessarily doing you as much good, now we're talking about being precision, we're talking about putting it where it is Kelly talked about putting it over the top Chad gave us an example of how we can actually nurse a crop along for five years by using these methods. And it's remarkable that in the old days, we thought, nope, just go out there and fling dry. What did we not cover besides those three big takeaways?
1: So I guess one thing I'd want to bring up is this could be really as easy as, not everybody's set up for liquid on the planter. Not everybody has a strip till unit. This could be as simple as kind of like we've talked about is Hold back some dollars from your dry program and spend it in season. Foliar, Y-drop, Fertigate, because knowing when corn plants, soybean plants are doing what they do, you can really, and this will be the topic tomorrow, you can really uh, push yield if you know what you're doing and when to do it.
0: My name is Damian Mason. That is Tommy Roach with Natures. That is Chad Henderson and Kelly Garrett, two of the founders of Extreme Ag. Extreme Ag is a learning platform, a media platform, and we're also now going to have a TV show on Acres TV. It'll be coming out this winter. In the meantime, go to extremeag.farm. Information you can use. We'd love for you to become a member, but you don't have to be to get our information. It's wonderful that you are here. We appreciate it. There will be a bar coming out again. Keep an eye on what we're doing at extremeag.farm. That's extremeag.farm. Again, helping you take knowledge and turn it into money. My name is Damian Mason. Thank you very much for being here.